Antonio Brown to the Raiders, NBA MVP, the Golden State Warriors, and some Major League Baseball. Just a few of the things that Tiles and I got to talk about on the Seek First and Tiles podcast. Greetings once again to the four corners of the earth. Coach Harv here with my man, Tiles. Seek First and Tiles. What's good, Tiles? What's going on, brother? Hey, man, quite a bit this week, as usual, in the sports world, man. You know how it is. Antonio Brown to the Raiders, man. Ah, I'm not sure. You're not sure? My man's on on his Instagram doing push-ups and everything with a Raiders hat on. Why not? Yeah, I'm just not sure. I don't know what the Raiders are doing. You get rid of Amari Cooper. I mean, don't get me wrong. Amari is not A.B., but Amari's like six years younger than A.B. You get rid of Amari Cooper because you say he doesn't. he's not a good fit anymore for the program. Then you put your quarterback on the market. <laughs> you put him on the market, but you take him off the market because nobody wants to deal with his contract. And then you go and spend two draft picks to get A.B., Mm, but two draft picks, a third and a fifth, and I get it. It's not Madden how we talk about all the time. Right. Third, third and a fifth is is a bargain to me, man. It is a bargain, but in the, from a, from 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 the Raiders standpoint, is you had a, a, a you had a, a, a productive receiver that was six years younger than this guy that you were paying less money to, I believe. Why get rid of him and now turn around? And bring AB into the picture. Well, I think at this point you kind of have to, right? No one wanted, no one wanted Carr. Now that he's off the market, you have to put some pieces around him. There has been rumors that they may be in on the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes as well. We'll see what happens with that. But at some point, whether he's aged or not, you have to put pieces there. Everyone questioned the Amari Cooper uh, trade. Everyone questioned. The uh, what's the kid in uh, Kaleo Mack? Kaleo Mack, that's another Chicago. one. <laughs> and, but but he had to get his own guys in there, and I don't know what his relationship with AB is like. But at the end of the day, they need to get somebody else in there. They need to put someone around Carr, and he's a playmaker. He may not be Amari Cooper. He may be aged, but I, I think he still has a few years left. But one thing some people are saying, that's where some wide receivers go to die to play for the Raiders. Well, here's the thing, though. Yeah, you want you want the field, A.B. If you could just get to the point where you can get A.B. just to come play football, you're good. Right. But you can't exempt him like that. He has to come into your locker room. That's where it starts getting bananas. Nobody complains about AB's play on the field. Every once in a while, Big Ben complained about him running routes, right? And he's probably been complaining about that for a little while. It just became public last season. Nobody complains about him on the field. It's the intangibles they complain about. Like, this guy is bad for a locker room. When you hear that from multiple places, it can't all be fabricated. It has Some of it has to be true. And I, I'm sure that it probably is. You hope that someone that's been around the game as long as Gruden has will be able to handle that, at least in a measure. I mean, A.B. is going to be A.B. I think that we that everyone knows that. I think they're probably going to have to get used to his locker room presence or, 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 or the lack thereof, I should say. However he is in the locker room, at this point, it looks like he's going to be their main wide receiver. And I'm sure – I don't know. Hey, maybe a phone call gets made to uh, Big Ben from Carr to figure out how to deal with him, man. You never know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe for AB. Maybe. <laughs> I know that's something that we're definitely going to be watching pretty close, man, because when I first saw it, I mean, I was over here hoping he came to San Francisco, to tell you the truth. Because it was that was I think it was uh him and Earl Thomas were rumored to be tied to San Francisco and ended up being the other side of the bay. Like you said, we'll see what happens with that one. I think it's pretty interesting. I wanna see what else they're gonna do, what are the pieces they have the draft picks now, what are they gonna do in the draft, how are they gonna build this team? Because they're in a brand new city right now too in Las Vegas, so they have to put a product on the field. Well, I think they I think they in I think this is their last year in Oakland. Or do they move to Oakland? Do they move to Vegas? I think they moved to Vegas in 2020. 2020, okay. 
Yeah, I think they have one more year, 19, the 2019-2020 season there in um, Oakland, and I think they moved to Vegas 2020 to 2021. Wow. So, hey, that does definitely make you think then, man, because he is, if I'm not mistaken, 31 years old now. So, he yeah. definitely has some miles on him, bro. Yeah. And he might end up like LeBron being being on a on the on outside of the playoffs again this year. Right. Because, I mean, plus they're some significant improvements, they're probably in the best division in football. It's, Think a, it's a good it. one, man. The, Kansas the Chiefs, City. Yeah. The, 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 the Chargers, and I expect Denver. I expect Denver to play a lot better this year. Yeah, they, they might be on the bottom of that, of that division looking up at the other teams, man. Right. Well, you, right. you mentioned you mentioned LeBron, man. Shifting to the to the NBA first. Let's start there because you did hop on CHHCS live earlier this week talking about <laughs> <laughs> talking about my man LeBron James. And you know I'm a LeBron fan, too, man. But but did you say that he's having an MVP type season for the okay. okay. So here's here's what I said because I, I I heard this from somebody yesterday. Somebody I walked up to, to somebody I met on the street yesterday, and they said. They saw they saw me on um on the CHH today, um link, and they were like, "Are you kidding me? LeBron's having an MVP?" I said, no, no, no. That's not what I, what I here's what I meant, <clears throat> and I think I said this is that <clears throat> if we're saying Giannis is the MVP, if that's what we're saying, the best best, player, best record best record in the league, right? Best player on the best team in the league right now based on a record. If we're saying Giannis is the MVP. Well, when I put LeBron's numbers next to Giannis's numbers, they look the same. Yeah, they look almost identical. They they look like the same player, <laughs> right? Giannis has the obviously has the um the, the 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 lead or the advantage on the rebounding end. LeBron ha- and, and on, on the blocks, LeBron has the advantage on the assistant, but points are the same. Steals are roughly the same. Everything else is roughly shooting percentage is roughly the same, right? So my thing is, everybody has been like bad mouthing LeBron because LA's team, LA's LA hasn't done anything, and their record is terrible. But if Giannis is the MVP, the consensus MVP this year, then LeBron is having an MVP type year. He solidified this to me, in my opinion, the day after that that video, because he goes out against Boston, a very good team, one of the East's best team, and in 28 minutes, he puts up a triple-double with nobody around him. Ingram is hurt, Ball is hurt, or they're pretending to be hurt, one of the two. (laughs) All of the – Kuzma didn't play, Hart played hurt, Right, he did that, and Boston knew. Think about this for a second. Boston knew the only legit threat they have on against them tonight was LeBron. So right. he could have put all of his all of their forces together to stop him, and he still walked away with a triple double. And not I'm not talking about ten points, ten rebounds, and ten assists. He ended up with thirty points, which means. They knew he was coming, and they still could not stop him. Hey, I, I think I think just like with Shaq, LeBron's the same, man. You know he's coming. He's going to put up numbers, man. I just I, – I thought it interesting that you made the, the correlation and saying it was an MVP-type year because I don't think hardly anybody agrees with that, including myself. He's always going to put up numbers. He's going to put up points. He's going to get rebounds. He's, we know he's going to distribute the basketball. But MVP on that team, nah, nah, I don't think so. And I know you're not saying because we can transition into that right now, that the MVP talks. But I'm pretty sure no one's putting him on their top five on that list. For they'd, be, MVP they'd, they'd, they'd be mistaken because here's the thing. He wouldn't be top three because I think top three as we transition is probably Giannis Harden. Honestly, I'd probably have to say Paul George. Yeah, he's having a good year. Yeah, I mean, even though he's been out for a few games, Paul George, and then now four and five, the Golden State crew cancels each other out. So yeah, KD and Curry can't be considered. They cancel each other out. So who's your four and five? Westbrook and then LeBron. 
LeBron is still playing this season. We're just not – here's the thing. We're used to him putting up these numbers and winning because he had a better team around him. Hey, not, I, think you, I think you forgot someone, man. Can we get Kawhi on that list? No, I think Kawhi is hit or miss because Kawhi has probably missed as many games as LeBron has over the course of the season. And Kawhi's numbers don't look like LeBron's numbers. I mean, they don't look like LeBron's numbers, but their team sits at number two in the league, if I'm not mistaken, right? All of the, and that's the thing, all of these people that we're talking about, their yep. team is a lot better. But, and I, I agree with that, but I think that plays into the conversation. You're probably, I mean, we would, you'd be hard pressed to find years with MVPs on teams outside of the playoffs. True. True, but I think what happens and what, what what's happening is because the Lakers are doing so poorly, the the NBA fans or basketball fans are used to LeBron taking his team on his shoulders, even if they're mediocre, right. and saying, "Hey, I'm going to lead you to the playoffs." Now, if this is the East, and you take the Lakers' record now in the East, they're sitting right outside the eight spot in the East right now. They're sitting like two games out of the eight spot right now with 16 to go. So they're still in a hunt in the East. But this is the West. It's a different story over there. It's, it's a completely <laughs> different story. And it's like, I mean, put it put it this way. Looking at his team now, is this Lakers team worse than that Cleveland team he was with? Yes, far worse. Now, yes. Because at least, that, at least the Cleveland team he had, he had Kevin Love for most of the season. That's Who's his number two over here? Kuzma, you're probably it's a flip a coin, man. Toss up. <laughs> Depends on the night. Could be Kuzma, it could be Ingram, could be Rondo. Right, man. It was a, it was a clear number two in Cleveland. It was it was Kevin Love, right? And if I if I had to if I had to put both rosters together against one another, I'd say his next best teammate on either of the two teams was Kevin Love. His next best teammate. I'm not talking about points and stuff. His next best teammate that played team would have to be Tristan Thompson and then Tristan Thompson or Kuzma and then Ingram if we had to put it together. Yeah, it's it's, it's not a good roster. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what they're going to do because I think it was uh, Jeff Van Gundy came out just a couple of days ago and said that the Lakers are going to have to – maybe even look at entertaining the thought of trading LeBron James to turn that roster over. What are your thoughts on that? I think, I think if, I think if obviously if they traded LeBron uh, or if they attempted to trade LeBron, then somebody would get fired. Because (laughs) then that means, no, seriously, because then that would mean there was a failure in upper management somewhere. I, I think looking at it right now, I don't think, I'll say one. I don't think that the Lakers fans, I don't think that their front office, I don't think all of basketball thought that they were going to win the West. They were going to be in the top two or three seeds in the West. No, I don't know me. Many of them thought that they were going to be on the outside of it. I'm, I'm sure some did, but I don't think people thought they were going to be out on the outside of the playoffs looking in either six, seven, eight seed, at least getting in. But I mean, they're going to be home watching the playoffs, bro. Right. I think what happened is that that start, nobody expected them to come out the gate the way they came out the gate. Now, granted, as Jared, shout out to Jared Sanders, as Jared said a few times, that was the weaker part of their schedule, the beginning. So when they came out the gate and at Christmas, they were still number four. You know, Christmas is like the official, official start of the second half of the season. Now, the NBA really gets entertaining after Christmas. <laughs> right, it does. But, you know, by then, you got your teammates. You got their flow down. Unless there was a trade, you got their flow down. You guys are playing kind of gelling as a team. And, all right, these guys, which means these guys haven't officially gelled yet, and they're number four in the West in a season where it's looking like Golden State may not. Because Golden State at this point is not blowing anybody away right now, right? right. And you got – the upstart Nuggets at a top, and the Clippers at that point were like top three. So it's like you look at the Clippers roster, and like who they got? There's yeah. nobody over there, <laughs> but they in the top four, right? So I think what that did was it it probably um, accelerated anticipation for this season 
when most LeBron and Laker fans had to admit, like, if we get to the playoffs, we're probably going to make some noise. We're going to surprise somebody in the first round. Right, first round. First round, because that's where I was. I thought they get right. I thought they get through the first round and then right. get ousted, but I really didn't. They, even with the team, because LeBron has stated, man, wherever he is, he's – taking the reins of the team. He's rallied the troops together. And we see some of the stuff that's happened in the last couple of weeks. We talked about it a little bit last week, man. It's almost like there's something going on in that locker room as well, on the bench. You know what I mean? It's, it's probably the difference between the and, – and, and I had to guess just looking at it. It probably has to be the difference between these these younger players that could care, care less about a legend. Or why am I not the best player? It's, we we kind of see this in Boston, too, where it looks like Tatum and those guys are saying, we can win without Kyrie Irving. We yeah, did it already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, and if you look at the culture, there's always that same issue in the culture now. Right. The young cat looks at the OG and says, well, your time was 10 years ago. Right. This is our time now. And I think – and you see that in sports overall, but you're starting to see it more – in basketball than any other sport where the younger players are saying, yeah, you were a champ before. Now yeah, it's our time to shine. It's our time to shine. So they're not playing the game. And if you notice, LeBron always focuses on if you play the game the right way, the results will come. He's right. always said that. And he said that more times this season than I've ever heard him say it in a single season. Man. Which makes me think that the issue is is not that they're not talented. It's just that the young guys don't want to play at the pace or um, contribute the right way as the veterans do. It's, it's, a, it's a tough city to be in with that, too. I mean, you're, you're talking about a storied franchise that's known for winning. I mean, obviously, Shaq, Kobe, Kobe era just ended everyone's kind of looking at this as the LeBron James era and not off to a great start. And I know you mentioned last week they were trying to get another play in there. I think Paul George fell through. Right. The Anthony Davis thing fell through. And it's, I mean, it, it, excuse an excuse is an excuse, man. But they're going to have to, they are going to have to do something. They're going to have to add players because this roster, as is, is probably not going to go very far. And see, and LeBron can't be – he can't be faulted for the roster. That roster right. decision falls on the general manager and the president of basketball operations and the owner of the team. If the head is not right, if the head isn't unified in, in regards to the direction of the team, then you're always going to have chaos on the team. You can't have a LeBron James on a team and not give him anybody that can shoot from the outside. Can't do that. What good is a playmaker in this league now without having jump shooters? Yeah, you have to have them, man. I mean, yeah. even think about jump shooters and and going to uh, to Golden State. I know you mentioned them not really blowing people out. Like they do, but uh, what are they four, four and six in their last ten? But it's I, I say it all the time, man. We had the conversation last year. It's not playoff time yet. It's that the end of the season. Last little stretch run. I think they're just tuning up for the playoffs, man. It might be a situation where they're getting outplayed. I go back to like last week when who was that? Dwayne Wade hit the shot to beat them. Right. It's it's tough this time of year because as a fan of basketball, as someone that's watched Golden State the last couple of years, they put up points in bunches, man. And I'm I'm of the opinion they're just in cruise control right now waiting until the playoff bell hits. That's dangerous, though, because... For, for uh, most teams, yes. For them, I don't think so much. I don't know. You know, here's why I know. Here's why I think it's dangerous. We saw this in baseball a few years ago, right? I think it was um the 14 Yankees. They still had that all-star team, and they were kind of just going through. It looks like they were going through the motions when July after July 4th, they were kind of going through the motions. Kind of, kind of, kind of on the same vibe. Like, all right, we're just waiting for the playoffs. And then that year, if I'm not mistaken, either that year they did not make the playoffs because they got caught, or they lost that one game playoff series. They ended up being like the four or five seed, having to play that one game playoff and got beat. Right? 
I'm not saying I'm not predicting Golden State getting beat, but what I am saying is at some point you just can't, and you know this hard, you you play professional sports, you can't turn the the, the lights on. Mm-hmm. But towels, man, towels. But Golden State can, bro. And, and I, I, I like the analogy, but I don't like it here just because baseball's a, a different beast. I, and I'll just reference my San Francisco Giants, right? They, when they won those three World Series, they were right. not the best team in baseball. They got hot at the right time. Baseball's that where, where where the Yankees went, where if you could have the best record in the league. If your last two to three weeks of the season is up and down, you're probably going to get out there early. It's usually that team that's playing the best the last two to three weeks of the season. That's why we see wild card teams get all the way to the World Series or right on the brink. But Golden State is just a different monster to me. They're not a team that has one shooter. They're not a team that has two shooters. They're full of shooters, man. They put up points like that. Golden State, I think, does have a switch, man. They might be the one team in this generation that does have an on-off switch. And we'll see. But the four in the last ten, it doesn't scare me, man, at all. Yeah, but you know, the the conversation scared me, Hmm. right? When Clay Thompson says, hey, the fans need to give us more energy because we feed off of that, I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's that first time ever. Right? First time ever. And then when you hear that now Steve Kerr has to respond because he's his his lips were red in one of the in one of the um in one of the sessions, right? In one of the timeouts. Where he says he's sick and tired of Draymond's B B B B B, right? Yeah. And now when you start seeing that kind of stuff, right? Because the the, the eighty six Bulls, but those 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 six that six championship Bulls team, they had turmoil, but the turmoil never was exposed on on the bench or on the floor. Now when you start seeing that turmoil kind of leaking out of the closet a little bit, that's a cause for concern. And the Bulls, some of those guys, based on some of the stories, they hated one another. I mean, Jordan punching Will Perdue in the face and telling him <laughs> that that you the name Perdue is not suiting you, they call him something else. I mean, he changed his last name. Like, what the... <laughs> right. <laughs> what, that's, that's turmoil, but those guys knew when it was time to play basketball, we put all that away. Right, this right. team, I don't, I don't know. KD opened up the year, and I told you this in the beginning of the season. And KD said, he says, I don't think when the season hadn't even started yet, they were just playing preseason ball. He says, I think the gap between us and the rest of the league has been kind of, um, it has kind of slimmed out, and we're not going to blow teams out like we blew teams out last year. Hey, he hey said, there, there you go. He, he already before the season started, though. <laughs> but but I think I think that's something that as been been with Golden State for a, a whole season, right? Going right. going through the playoff runs, you're getting everybody's best every single night. Everyone wants to beat them, and again, it's not like they're at the bottom of the West. It's not like they're at the middle of the West. They're still right up top where they have been for the last four or five, six years. And I think when I look at that, that leads me to believe that, yes, you're going to get everyone's best in their playoffs, too. But you're getting it down the stretch where you got teams still trying to jockey for a position, whether they're in the East or the West, and make sure they're into the playoffs. But it's it's not the end of the world for this team, even even with the talk, because we had, was it Draymond and uh, KD earlier this year? We're getting into it. Right, so they're still on top of the West, man. Yeah, well, uh, I, I don't know. I just I, what I saw Friday night just was interesting. Golden State's playing Denver, and I watched the game. That was the one game this week, and I said, "There's no other game I'm gonna watch this game from the beginning to end." Golden State comes out and comes out third quarter, and they they have like a 17 point lead. <clears throat> that lead. Because Denver goes cold from the from the perimeter, that lead goes into the fourth quarter. It's about I don't know six minutes left in the fourth quarter. They take Draymond Green out of the game. The next time you see Draymond Green, he is on the bench with ice pads on both knees. 
which virtually means an NBA with like a 16-point lead with three minutes to go, one of your star players is on the bench with ice on his knees, and he's not hurt, that means the game is over. Yep. Right? He's not coming back in. Denver gets on, goes like on a 6-0 run. Steve Kerr calls timeout. When it comes back from commercial break, guess who's in the game? <laughs> Draymond. Draymond Green, right? <laughs> Which says to me that they were trying, Steve Kerr was trying to drive a point home to his team and to Sacramento that no matter what you come, what we can beat you. They didn't have to do that in previous seasons. They didn't have to make a statement like that. Steve Kerr somehow felt that his team needed that statement to be made in March, at the end of the season, end of the very close to the end of the regular season. Those are the kind of things that I look at and say, well, if he still has to motivate his team now, then he knows that there's a lack of effort or something else going on internally. Because in any other game, any other team with a 16-point lead, even if they did go on a 6 nothing run with a minute and change to go, you still keep the same. And the thing is, at that time, Steph, KD, and Clay were still on the floor, which made no sense to me. Because any other team would have taken their stars out with two minutes left and a 16-point lead. All of their stars would have been on the bench. The only one he took out was Draymond. Maybe he was trying to rest to me. I, I, I think we're going to see, man. I think once the playoffs start, once again, whether you may be reading too much into it, hey, you may be onto something. But I think once the playoffs start, once again, they're going to be the one seed. They, even if they're the two, they're going to be a top of the a top of the West, and you're going to see that flip switch. See them flip that switch, and it's going to be the Golden State Warriors all over again. A problem for everybody, man. We'll see. I mean, because the the NBA honestly needs to. They they need, and I hate to say it like this, but they need a. The fans to say, "Wow, we didn't see that coming." Hmm. It, can't, it can't be the same movie all the time because the fans get tired of that. They have to have a wow. So they got their first wow. Yo, LeBron went to the east, went to the west. He's not in the playoffs. Wow. Right, right, right. That's the first wow. But people kind of expected that to some degree. Some many people expected that, but the wow would be, "Oh wow, Milwaukee and Denver. That's the that's the that's the championship. Wow." Oh. We better watch did, this. Did, did I hear you? Did, did I hear you just <laughs> sneak a? Did I hear you just sneak a prediction of where the finals in? Random teams. I don't. I, honestly, I don't think Denver. I think if one team comes out of the West besides Golden State, I think it might be Denver or Portland. I don't see any of the other teams coming out of the West. Mm, I think those you, are. You don't know, like Houston, huh? Nah, I don't. I don't because Chris Paul always gets hurt when they when they have their opponent on the rope. Chris Paul gets hurt. Hmm. I, I don't. Not unless you tell me they've somehow figured a way to get Trevor Ariza from Washington, then I'll say, yeah, okay. Because hmm. they, they still need that guy at the three that can lock in on defense against uh Katie, against a Paul George, against um somebody like that, somebody on that level at the three or at the two guard that can say, I'm, I'm going to stay in front of you when it counts and stop you. Houston does not have – their best perimeter defender is Chris Paul. And if Chris yeah. Paul has that range, that's a problem. Yeah, and I think dude, when it's all said and done for me, Golden State is still coming out the West. There's not a team good enough to beat them in the league, in my opinion, especially in, in when it comes to the West. Denver looks good. They can put up points in bunches as well. Houston – Portland, but I think it's still going to be Golden State Warriors versus whoever wins out of the East, man. I feel like the only guy in the room that didn't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I feel like the only guy in the room. I'm walking in the room and everybody's partying. I'm saying, well, why is everybody partying? Why is everybody so happy? Hey. I didn't drink the Kool-Aid. I, I, I just don't see it this year. Not yet. Hey, I, I, well, I'll make sure I'll bring you a cup, man. I'll be up. They make might sure I bring you a switch. They might, like you said, they might turn the switch. I, 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 it, man, it, it's the one team in the, in this generation that came, man. And like I said, I'll, I'll have a nice fresh glass for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love, it. I love it. 
it will be switched over to uh, let's finish with some baseball, man. So uh, some news, you know, I'm a baseball head, man. Yeah, sure. Uh, Bryce Harper's back. I saw something interesting the other day with him. I'll get to in a minute, but King Felix in Seattle is a little upset, man. Felix Hernandez not for what ten, almost ten straight years. He's been the opening day starter. Not gonna happen this year, and it looks like he's actually at the bottom of that rotation. You know what? A rotation at the end of the day with King, with a, a average King Felix, makes him the best end of the rotation guy in baseball. Exactly, but he is gonna have to pitch better, man. My man was like eight and fourteen with a five five ERA last year. That's not good, and I get it. It's the American League. You're not dealing with the DH. You're, I mean, you're dealing with the DH, so you're dealing with some pretty good lineups. Right. He does have to throw better. I think there's a reason he's going to be their four or five starter. He has to figure out righties to me, righties that were dominant power pitchers when they get older and lose that, 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 that on a fastball. Yeah. Yeah. Lose that velocity. They don't learn how to pitch lefties though, that were dominant power pitches. They seem more adapt to learn how to pitch. Right. It, it really they, games really made for lefties, man. Hitters and pressure. They hit their corners right, location. They know how to use that change up and still have that. They might not have that upper 90s fastball, but they got a 92, 93 mile power fastball. Right. But they don't like an 86, 85, 84 change up. They got a little slide piece in there to keep the hitters off balance. Right. You, know, you look at guys like CC. CC was a dominant power pitcher. Right. He just pitched in the last two seasons. To me, the last two seasons to me showed like, no, this guy's not. It's not just talent. You know, just throw the ball out there and they can't right. hit it anyway, right? Right, <laughs> and, and that's what you end up getting in baseball. Sometimes you just have a thrower, and then you guys have that have guys that can pitch. They can use all seventeen inches. They move it in. They move it out. They, they think it. They back you off the plate. And I, I think that's a good point, man. Because when it comes to King Felix, he was a power righty. He threw hard. Right. He thinker. He had a pretty good breaking ball, which he's been working on this spring. But he's he's getting banged up this spring too, man. And he even said it himself. He's not surprised that he's not going to be the opening day. What do you want me to say? I mean, kind of in his feelings a little bit, which I get, but. Right. If he is going to be a good pitcher for them, he's going to have to do exactly what you said. He's going to have to learn to use his other pitches because the breaking ball hasn't been where it was. The, the sink isn't as effective when he doesn't throw as hard as he once did. Right. He's kind of just a guy now. Or he has to do what, what Roger Craig – go may refer to your Giants for a minute, your older Giants. He has to do what Roger Craig used to do with older pitchers. Roger Craig – always an older pitcher that was was once dominant and it came to him, he'd teach them another pitch. Yeah. He'd add a pitch to their repertoire at the end of the at the end of their career. It's like you have to use something that they've never seen before. If they're banging you around, your only option is let's teach you something else. For I mean back then it was the split finger. Right. He resurrected a lot of people's careers just on the fact he showed them how to throw the split. And controlled it, right? I don't know what pitch that is for Felix. I have no idea. Yeah, either. And, and right. I think I think that's what's going to be tough for him, man. Getting up in there in age, he doesn't throw as hard as he did. If he doesn't find something, he could find himself out of baseball. He's getting a lot of money for this last year of his contract. I would think about twenty five, twenty six million. But uh, here's the thing: a dominant power pitcher, if he can change his mindset, right? You know this. The young players, they practice hitting a fastball. So you what you 100 miles an hour, it doesn't move. This one get knocked out the park. Oh, it's getting hit. Right? If it has no movement, it's going to get hit. But what do the young players usually struggle with? Breaking ball, man. Breaking balls, off-speed pitches. They usually struggle with that stuff, especially if they locate it properly, right? Vice versa. Now, the older a player hitter gets, now you have to pass them because his back speed. He's taking something, <clears throat> i.e., never mind. But unless he's taking something, right, his batch speed can't <laughs> have a fast pull. So a right. bridge, he's going to put that in somebody's backyard every day. So that's what I'm saying. Felix and these older guys are going to have to learn how to actually pitch. 
Yeah, and it's it's going to be an interesting season for them too because, I mean, even that division in itself, Seattle does look like a team. They they lost uh, Paxson, and, uh, and they got uh, – who is it? James Paxson. James Paxson went to New York. So, when you, and when you, when you look at that rotation, man, it's, it's subpar with Felix at the bottom. It could be a long season for them, man. It could be. It could be. It, well, you look, it all could be. Right. You look at uh, another player that used to be in Seattle. Adam Jones looks like he's about to get a one-year contract to play in Arizona, man, which is needed for them because I know uh, Gerard Dyson just got hurt. He's their speed guy. Um, they're, they're trying to platoon uh, middle infielder, short shortstop, second baseman, Cattell Marte. They're trying to kind of convert him to center field like they did with D. Brown over in Seattle. Right. Who's a middle infield guy. He's now playing some outfield. They still have Steven Souza there and still have David Peralta. But Adam Jones is a good pickup for them, and I think it's a, a much-needed bat, especially – with a guy like Goldsmith, Paul Goldsmith is now in St. Louis, which was a great pickup for them. But um, Adam, Adam Jones, Adam Jones, a veteran presence. I think he's probably going to play all three positions. They're looking at rotating the four guys, especially right now while while Dyson's hurt. I think Adam Jones is up until last year, in my opinion, up until last year, Adam Jones was the second best defensive outfielder, center fielder in Major League Baseball up until last season. Mike yeah. Trout being number one, obviously, right? Right. But, and, but Adam Jones, he can still go get the balls. He can yep. still – oh, my God. If it's not hit out of the park, he can still go get it. Yeah, probably going to come down with it, man. It's probably going to come down with it. And, but, and, and that's a big yard. Most yeah, of the ones right. in the- out of the park, not just not just over the over the center field, the outfield wall. You gotta hit it out of the park. Otherwise, <laughs> he's going to go get it. <laughs> right. If it's not a no doubter, he's probably gonna pull it down. Exactly. That's what I call an outstanding center fielder. Now, case in point is, I mean, now to that, he has struggled bat hitting lately the last two or three seasons as well. A change of scenery. May help. Yep, agree. Change scenery may help. Pretty, I wish pretty big had, ballpark too, man. Yeah, I wish he had gone to an, a smaller stadium, but a change of scenery may help. Yep, no, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be watching that. I think he he still has some years left. He's getting up in age as well, thirty three years old. But right. I think it's a good signing for them because I think Arizona, and you know this, it's a team that I've liked for the last probably, what, two years? Right. We've been talking baseball, and it's a team now that I think is, you look at that division, the Giants still don't look very good. The The Rockies look good. Padres obviously added. Uh, Padres, yeah, they still Machado. Padres added Machado. They're still trying to add pieces, but – Everyone probably looks at that division and still thinks L.A. number one, Colorado number two, and then you kind of have the other three teams, man. Maybe San Diego gets a boost with Machado. But looking at that division, they needed to add another bat. So, to your point, they're going to need him to swing it as well. Yeah, but they can't expect him to replace Goldsmith's numbers. Oh, not even close. (laughs) Because they lost – Who's the, they lost AJ Pollock too. He was their center fielder last That's year. He's gone. They they lost basically forty home runs and one hundred and fifty RBIs when those two guys left. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Every yeah. year. That's that's a lot to lose for a team for a team that doesn't hit that many home runs anyway and doesn't score that many runs. When you lose that kind of production, that's that. And didn't they lose the pitcher as well? Didn't uh. Didn't, didn't the Diamondbacks, where is – Was it Zach Greinke? I think no, he – No, not Zach. Not Zach. Who was the number two over there? Oh, uh, the left-handed Corbin, guy. Corbin. Corbin's yeah, Corbin. gone, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, you, you – they lost a lot. Yeah, that's why I think they, they may be down there, with, down there with my Giants, man, trying to figure out how to get some wins, bro. They might be down there with San Diego. I think – because I think San Diego still finishes in the cellar. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I don't think I think between those three teams, they're gonna go back and forth for who's gonna be in the bottom. 
Right. Uh, I think it's going to come down to Arizona, not Arizona, Colorado, and the Dodgers. And the Dodgers for that division, man. Now, right. And you know, the Dodgers are good to pull up midseason trade and go grab somebody. Yep, absolutely, man. Straight in their DNA every year. Uh, who's the Who's the top three guy? Okay, we're gonna go get him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at so, <laughs> and they and they do it every year. They're gonna add the back. They're gonna add an arm. They're, they're gonna do something to make themselves better down that stretch line, and they do almost every year. Every single year, every they like the, the Dodgers are new. The new Yankees. Just kidding. <laughs> All star break. Yeah, we need somebody. <laughs> There it is, man. Now, now, this Bryce Harper thing I, I brought up, man. We can finish with this. Now, I, I'm gonna be. I'm a bit of a baseball purist, man. They're taking the human element out a lot. I think of the game with the numbers and the analytics, which I brought up from time to time. But when I saw Bryce Harper, his first at bat against Toronto the other day, and it happened a few times last year, a handful of times, and I. I get why they do it to an extent because baseball, they do have spray charts. We used to keep books for hitters and tendencies and all that stuff. They had four outfielders. The third baseman went right out to left field. So they went with four outfielders because he does spray it around. He's not just a pool hitter, especially when he hits to the outfield. But most of his infield hits go to the right side of the infield, second base, first base. So they moved their third baseman to the outfield. And the shortstop went on the second on the second base side of second base. So they had four outfielders against him. Now, this is something that he hopes he doesn't see often, but it's every time I see it, I think, why don't they do what Anthony Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs did and just lay down a bun? It's a lay down a bun down the third base line. Exactly. Exactly. But, but it's like that that's I don't I get that part, but I don't because when you have a spray shark, someone's a dead pool hitter. If the whole infield wanted to move on me, I'd lay down a bun every time and force them to play baseball. Yeah, and but in this case, they're that's right. yeah, that's crazy. You do have shifts, you have, and I don't see this often with the four outfielders, but you always see the the shortstop and the third base, the third baseman at shortstop, second right. baseman playing basically right up the middle now, and it's just I guess it's the way of the game, man. Which is again, last year, why I loved seeing the Boston Red Sox win when they said in an era where 225 average, 25 home runs and 71 RBIs is acceptable, we don't accept it. And I think that's why they won the World Series last year. But I know they have an analytical team, too. They just oh, don't rely on it. They just don't rely <laughs> on it as much as some others. Here's the thing. I think what happens is some of these guys, there's so much um, Hollywood. There's so much you know, these are the people that attract fans. Not this baseball purists are going to be fans regardless, but it's the 470 foot home run. Right. People excited, you know, non non baseball people. Because let's just be honest, right? Baseball on its own, when you compare it to like football, basketball, soccer, hockey, excitement wise, baseball was the last one on the totem pole. Mm, depends who you're talking to, but agreed as a whole. I mean, to a non-baseball purist. Absolutely, absolutely. Somebody that doesn't love the game but likes sports, baseball of the four of the five major sports is number five in terms of excitement. In, in terms of length of game, it's probably the longest game. Football is the next longest game before after baseball, right? Right. So you have a sport where – Two one to a baseball purist is a big game. Oh mm. my god! But you're the average fan of two one, you know, it, it was it's the most boring thing that they can watch. Right. <laughs> I could go to a game and, and witness Zach uh, uh, Greinke or or, or, or or Noah Syndergaard or or Jacob DeGrom. Shout out to the Mets. Um, throw a no hitter, and we'll be like, yeah, we were here, and we saw this guy. Live throw a no hitter. So a baseball, a non-baseball fan, it's like nobody got a hit. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? And I paid money for this? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So guys like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, those guys bring attention to baseball, which baseball needs. Because un- unfortunately, guys like you and I, baseball purists, they are few and far between them. Right. Right, you hear baseball, and when you see a baseball fan, you can tell because you start asking questions. 
about the, the team that he or she supposedly like, and they know they don't even know any, they don't even know the second star player. They only know the star player. Right. Okay, so you're bandwagon guys. So baseball needs those guys um, to get fans, get butt, get butts and seats. So they're gonna have to do something where I don't know where they may not allow shifting or the mentality of the hitter. Like I think about professional hitters, Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs, professional hitters. Right. Or where the defense wasn't. Right. So you put a shift on Wade Boggs, he do just like you said. You hit it down the third base line or lay a bunt down the third base line. And I'm going to do that every time I get up until you go back. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But for a guy like Bryce Harper, for him to lay down a bunt every time, that's not, they're not paying him the bunt. They're paying him to knock him run. That's so true. although he might end up hitting by laying down bunts, he might hit 300 for the first time in his career or 320 or whatever it is. Right. But if he's only driving in 60 RBIs that year and he only hit 15 home runs, well, that's a bad year. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that, and that's the thing. You get runners on base, you can't really do it. So yeah, I think it just comes down to, to, to how you look at it, man. It's like, again, and I'm a purist. I'm trying to get, it, get to the point where I'm accepting the game because they're talking about – basically a shot clock they want to put the pitches on a time how often how often you have to throw a pitch and i'm like it there's so many small things in between pitches that people don't realize which again to the non-purists like why are they taking so long why does he why doesn't he just throw why doesn't he get in the batter's box why is his coach giving them so many signs those are the things that you're you're literally changing the way the game is played for the fan, and I get it to a certain extent. It's for the fans. It's on TV. They're coming to the park to see it. But you're still playing a game that has been around for quite a long time, and you're just completely taking a human element. And I get machines. They're trying to have machines help the umpires call balls and strikes. We've already seen the K-Zone there, but right. I feel like <clears throat> 10 years from now, there's not going to be an umpire behind home plate. You know what you I said, mean? You said 10 years from now? It might be less, right? I'm thinking like three. <laughs> Serious. I'm thinking three to five. You know why? Because they're not, for the first time, probably ever, baseball is no longer the only thing smoking. They're competing. They used to be because they're the only summer sport. They're the only true summer sport. Hockey and basketball in before summer, right before summer starts or right as it starts. Football ends in the winter, right? Basketball, right. right. So um, soccer is kind of year-round for the most part, depending on where you live. But for the first time ever, baseball is now competing with the other sports in terms of fans. Right. And because they're recognizing it and it's starting to affect their bottom line. Think about it. That's why last year when the MLB, I mean, he shouldn't have said it in public, but when the MLB president says Mike Trout should be doing a little bit more since he's our marquee player in regards to advertising himself, when you ask a kid now, most uh, even an adult, about their favorite athlete, it's usually a football or basketball player. Right. A baseball player, the only baseball player they might know is a Mike Trout or a Bryce Harper. Right. Jose Altuve, something like that, yeah. If they know Jose Altuve, they either live in Houston or they love baseball. <laughs> the average person has no idea who Jose Altuve is unless they see who's that short guy playing right. baseball. Who's that guy? Right? They have no idea who he is. Right? So when you're relegated to saying Bryce Harper or Mike Trout, now they know Manny Machado because he's getting so much money. Right. Not because he's so popular, but because he's been in the news. When you're looking at that baseball out of the four the four American sports, baseball, football, basketball, and hockey, right? Baseball are now number three. And it may be number four because hockey. It's big. Hockey is big. <laughs> so it might be number four. When it used to be, it used to be for most of the year, baseball was either number one or number two. Football always was number one when September came. Always. From September 
through and maybe in October when baseball the World Series was around, football might win the number two. But because it's once a week and it's on a Sunday, and they would never play a baseball game on a Sunday, a chance, like a playoff game on a Sunday during the daytime, it was always Sunday evening. Football probably maintained its number one stature. Baseball was number two. Right. NBA playoff star, championship game star. Well, champ, the NBA championship is still uh, when a playoff starts because the playoff starts in April. Baseball starts in April. So, you know, a lot of baseball fans don't really watch baseball in April. They don't start. Baseball official kickoff is Memorial Day weekend. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just like basketball, the official kickoff is really Christmas. That's when it starts getting exciting. You got all the you got all of the all of the, the nonsense out of the way, all of the bad baseball, the bad base running, the errors. You probably got all that stuff out of the way by now. But they they've never competed with anybody. This is the first time ever that they had competition. And they got that's why they're making all these adjustments. Because they're trying to get fans. Right, right. And that's definitely what it looks like, man. We're gonna we're gonna be watching that close, man, because you know I'm excited for it to get started here. And just oh, a, just a couple of weeks, man. And we got plenty coming up. Make sure you guys are tuning in weekly to seek person towels. We're gonna be here weekly. We have March Madness coming up. I yeah. know I know that I'm I have my eyes and you have your eyes on our young UNC Tar Heels and see what see how they're gonna do and pan out this year. Looking forward to that as well. I know we got more coming. Keep it locked here. CHHTS Network. Make sure you're following us on CHHTS. If you're interested in sponsoring or having ads run on the show, hit us up on Instagram, CHHTS Network. You can hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter and we'll be able to respond to you there. Thank you guys once again for listening in. Tiles has been good as usual, bro. Yes, sir. Shame here, brother. I'll get with you soon, baby. Sure. If you're not already doing so, follow us on social media at CHHCS Network and grow the heck up. If you'd like to get in contact with myself or Tiles directly, I can be reached at Seek First Sports. That's S-E-E-K, the number one S-T sports. And you can reach Mr. Tiles at Mr. That's M-R Tiles, T-O-W-L-E-S. will also be running ads on the podcast if you are interested in running an ad on the podcast if you're interested in sponsoring feel free to reach out to us hit our inbox at chhts network on instagram